2: Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast in association with the Love Supreme. This is the Sunderland Echo special, so I think I've referenced everybody in, here, that, in that introduction there. I'm sure you're aware, Sunderland fans, that there, um, there's been a panel in the Sunderland Echo who've been deciding the top 100 post-war signings from Sunderland. And they're all with us now, and Gal's here as well, in case that interests anybody. <laughs> um, I'll go along the panel now, one by one. Rob Mason joins us. First time on the podcast for Rob, but I guess being a sort of club official, it's not not <laughs> ideal we'll get you on when we're slagging the club off uh, week after week. But you don't we'll, do that, do do like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not too bad, so actually. We? Right, we'll get Craig Clark on. He's quite uh, critical, but nice to have you with us, Rob, anyway. Thank you. I'm um, guessing you were the encyclopaedia and, and a lot of this behind a lot of this, were you? God Some then. of these players I've never heard of. I'm hoping you're uh, going to fill us I think you'll soon.
1: find that Graham, Chris and Gary all know... All they need to know about all these players.
2: Okay, that's good. Okay, Gary Bennett is here as well. Delighted to have you with us as well, Gary. Yeah,
0: I'm the historian.
2: Are you really? (laughs) (laughs) He's old enough. I (laughs) mean, first things first, did you? storm into this and say you're only going to do it if you made the top 10 exactly well
0: we did have a few
2: arguments about it <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that, that, was, that was the long way <laughs> <laughs> Gary had
3: to to <laughs> that one he had himself at number one and we kind of gradually <laughs> scaled him back
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah put me there uh, that, w- that was Graham Anderson you're you've been on plenty now Graham glad to have you with us as well and Chris Young is here as well also from the Echo, and the Young Blood, the Young Blood, yeah, and probably the most regular of our guests, probably on the podcast. It's the David Tennant of my job, yeah. are we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I mean, you.
4: <laughs> I'm just interested in knowing
2: how this started. You know, from the start, from scratch. What, what did you do? Obviously, you came in, you put Guy Bennett's name number one, as you said, and then you had the other ninety nine names empty. What, what was the thought process behind the whole thing? Well.
4: It was it was an it was an idea in Echo Towers really to uh, coincide with the January transfer window uh, to see if we could sort of come up with a definitive list of the top 100 Sunderland signings since the war. Um, so the idea was really that if we could assemble a panel, then we could nominate a top 10 and then try and put the rest of them in some sort of vague order, and then the public would vote amongst the top 10 and try and keep Gary out of that number one slot. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to do the whole thing? We, we had a good afternoon, didn't, it? didn't, didn't we?
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, I mean, sort of, um, we went into blind, so we had
3: no idea if it was going to take uh, one session or more than one session. As it turned out, it was one session, because when it, when it came to the top ten at least, um, we were pretty much clear we're in agreement there There was probably i would say we probably agree what seven seven or eight yeah seven eight out of ten yeah there was a lot of common ground
1: i think to start with the original idea had been the top 100 signings ever and uh, that then materialized into the top 100 post-war signings i think because a lot of the best signings, if you think sunderland's best years as a club six league championships and one fa cup Mm. pre-war to one fa cup post-war most of your best signings, I would argue, would be pre-war people that most people wouldn't have heard very much of mm. if they did hear of them. They wouldn't know very much, so we thought it might be a lot more sensible to make it post-war and players that people
2: were more likely to, yeah. to remember or their dads would remember. Gary, wouldn't have made the top ten if they did that. Who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be number one again. <laughs> um, see, I just got this image in my head, Rob, that you sort of set these these lads' homework and stuff. You came in and said, "Have a, have a read." In you know, oh, all no. of these
1: players, my teaching days have been over for a decade and a half. I no longer set people homework.
2: Is there anybody on the? Uh, was there any major arguments on the list?
0: Yeah, Ben. I know, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> well, there's always going to be an argument in there. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, even though we've done the list here and you've got your top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you put these lists in public bars or even in mm-hmm. restaurants or even go around the stage of my life today and posted them out, you're still gonna have debate mm-hmm. in regards of not not just the top ten, but even the top hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are gonna be questioning how did he get into the top hundred, how did he get into the top fifty. So, you know, again
3: it's just a case of it's always gonna be a debatable subject. But one thing we should mention, which is which should be, I guess self evident is that Homegrown players didn't get on there, so the likes of say Gary Rowell doesn't get in the top. No, and yeah, Monty, as you say, not not because they shouldn't have been anywhere near there, or I mean, near the top ten, but simply because they were homegrown. So there's a lot of players who are excluded from this list.
2: Mm. A friend of his show, Michael Proctor, of course, as
4: well. Obviously, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would the top ten regard the order of it because that was voted for by the public? Would would anybody have? arrange things differently to how it's turned out. Yeah, right. yeah obviously you <laughs> <it> there.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think really you can make if if you're good enough to be in the top ten, you can make a pretty strong case for those people to be to be number one. I, I don't think anybody can seriously argue against Kevin Phillips who is the number one. But equally if it had been Charlie Charlie Hurley, mm. you couldn't particularly argue. The only real quibble I've got with the top ten is that for me, Dave Watson would have been a lot higher than number nine. Could that be a generation thing, do you think, a lot of younger people? These things are always generational. These things are always Mm -hmm. generational. People, the majority of people, I think, who get involved are are people who've got a a memory of people from recent years. Mm -hmm. With all due respect to Charlie, Charlie was voted as the Player of the Century in 1979, when he finished in 1969. Mm -hmm. Now, with all due respect to Charlie, um, for me, there's absolutely no way Charlie was a more influential player for Sunderland than Rich Carter. Mm -hmm. Charlie played four or five years in the First Division, we never finished higher than 15th in that time. Rich Carter scored 31 goals when they won the championship, and then the winning goal in the cup final. Mm. You know how and was a major player in England's entire yeah. history. How can Rich Carter not be number one? Mm. But he'd finished playing 40, 50 years before the vote. Mm.
2: Definitely, you'd have had no Quingar if you said before.
5: Yeah, well, Quinny would have been my number one just because of his legacy. Um, you know, like if we hadn't signed him, you know, he, you know, the the long lasting effect that he's had on the city and the football club. The whole thing and i think that's the thing about the football club as well it's you know it's, it's a community thing and you know what he did um with the with his testimonial and the hospital um the fact he's managed the club played for the club coached for the club chairman of the club uh saved us when we looked as though we going to go into administration um did you vote did
2: you put your money right i did i did you? vote of course i did um
5: <laughs> but that's why i would have had quinn for number one because i was looking at sort of the signings thing like there's a few on there like Little things like I thought Minule might have been higher, just for the sake that we it cost us so little to buy him, and then we sold them for such a yeah. big profit. Little things like that. So I think that, I think there were a lot of factors
4: that you had to take take into account. Like, a, how much you paid for them. B, how much you you got back for them. Legacy was something that you mentioned. I think we had, we had a discussion about whether Darren Bent. Should be into the top ten, and I think i wouldn 't have had him that, in was, ma- that was maybe one of the things that counted against him, obviously mm-hmm. with with the manner of his departure and also an illustration some which counted in in favor
3: because um, you know, most of those players, the vast majority of them came to Sunderland and regardless of whatever the contribution was, um, a lot of them kind of drifted away afterwards or, or disappeared altogether, whereas um you know, the legacy from Gary. Um, and Borley I think you probably put into that category as Yeah, yeah well, I was thinking of Gary in, in terms of his, his, his other contributions off the field in terms of enhancing the reputation of Sunderland Football Club uh, as an ambassador and so on and so on forth on a wider, even national scale uh, deserves recognition. But,
2: but it's interesting the made the list, though, Gary, as well. Yeah,
0: again, you know, you're going on who's number one and who's number 10 and who's number 100 and whatever. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's great to be voted, it's great to be in there, you know, involved in it all. You know, a case in the case of finishing me finishing eighth or me finishing in sixty-eight. You know, at the en- at the end of the day, it's just the acknowledgement, really. And uh, again, that's something which is going to be talked about. You know, who's number one? You know, people will be saying, "How can Kevin Phillips be number one?" as as Rob just mentioned. You know, and talking about childhood. But again, I think it's just a case of being. Acknowledged, mm. you know. Mm. That's the, I think that's the biggest
4: thing.
2: Uh, Kevin Kip ticks a lot of boxes anyway, doesn't he? Like you've just mentioned, the, the things you factor in because he, he didn't cost much at all, really, and he won the Golden boots. So
4: yeah, I think I think we all sort of probably expected Phillips to to win the vote with uh, with the. With the with the nature of an online vote and with the people who are going to be uh, voting and texting, they're, they're probably going to be the younger supporters. There's no problem with Kevin Phillips winning the vote. No. Which,
1: Willie, there'd be no problem with most of these people uh, on the top ten winning the vote. <coughs> They've all got very very strong cases and the case that's just been made for Niall Quinn I, I completely endorse and I can see there's a seriously strong argument that if we'd not had Niall Quinn, all of those other things mm. wouldn't have yeah. followed, and also Kevin Phillips wouldn't
2: have been half the player. I thought either. it would have been yeah. Phillips and Quinn, one and two. I thought I was expecting
4: that. Yeah, I think maybe so, but I think that's probably good that people are still looking back in time towards Sunderland's history. They're not looking just beyond the last uh, the last fifteen twenty years, and uh, with Charlie Shackleton and Clough all in the top
5: five. Yeah. You, look, you look at Quinny as well, and that situation that arise you know, after that Norwich game, we got beat one nil at home, and you know he had a terrible game. I think he went off at half-time, and he was all ready to knock it on the head he filed his papers his retirement papers with pfa and the one last trip to the to the surgeon sorted his knee out and i mean how you know how things would have been different you know he would probably wouldn't have even been in the top 100 if he hadn't gone seen that surgeon Mm -hmm. and that's you know those little things it's amazing really i mean i just i'll
2: go through the top 10 for any of the listeners who who haven't looked at this or or should have and would be giving them in for how they can do that at the end of the show, Kevin Phillips obviously won it and Charlie Hurdy was second, Nal Quinn three, Len Shackleton four, Brian Clough five, Marco Gabidini six, Kevin Ball seven, Gary Bennett eight, too low down in his opinion, Dave Watson nine, George Moore.)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um We had um, Len Ashurst on the Into the Light show, Gary, and he said his biggest regret as a son of manager, was not signing your brother. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know if he meant it instead as, as of you or as well as. <laughs> 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 oh, no, i another Milton Nunez. The wrong one turned up. On. What do you mean, <laughs> Gary? I was out <laughs> of the
1: team. <deal>. I was <laughs> <up> the team. <deal.
0: laughs> <laughs> that's right, and Gary turned up. Yeah. But no, as I said, you know, I, I had the experience of playing on the Lennon with Zach Cardiff, uh, my brother as well, and uh, obviously he's a different type of player to me. Uh, he's a forward, I'm a defender, and uh, we got Got on well, and um, I think Len knows that. On his day, he was a very, very good player. Unfortunately, um, he went to Coventry.
2: Mm. Scored an FA Cup final, didn't he? He did
0: indeed. Yes, and uh, that's never, never mentions <laughs> it. <laughs> no, he doesn't mention it. He doesn't mention <laughs> that <laughs> uh, winning FA Cup medal. You know, <laughs> you, you, you've got a losing one, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah. You know, has siblings, arguments all the time.
2: Um, one name um, uh, I'm interested in on the list: Adam Johnson. Uh, he's down at 85. Now, we, we said things that you need to factor in, price tags and stuff, and I know Johnson hasn't came and sort of set the players alight, but do you think that... Had this been made or done in maybe five or ten years, he'd be higher up the list. Considering he scored in three derby games, three derby hope, wins.
3: What we hope so. We hope so. Mm. It's just, exactly what you said, uh, Stephen, We we factored in the fact that he cost ten million, and I think that counts a little bit against a lot of the. Because yeah. Darren
2: bank, Bent high up, and he was yeah. expensive as well.
3: But, but a lot of the Bank of England team, for example, um, mm. you know, sort of it's from the 1950s, they cost top dollar. So it wasn't as though they were kind of they were value for money, but the money was spent was big. So that was what was factored in. As, as far as Adam's concerned. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a difficulty with players who are still playing. Because mm. you, you, you can't, can't f- put them in context, can you? No, no. and, I, and looking at that, I'm, I'm looking at the list in front of us of, of a few names higher up the list. I would certainly expect Adam Johnson to finish yeah. a lot higher up that list.
1: I think the arguments that have been around for the last two or three years are that Sunderland haven't got their money's worth out of Adam Johnson. I think those arguments are all now completely and utterly dead. Mm. Uh, Adam Johnson's been It's not by legacy now being no. RB winner as a winner, is it? Yeah, he's been excellent value. I mean, he... he, he but there's been all this talk about trying to sign Fabio Barini and yet Adam Johnson scored as many goals as uh, Barini last year with just one penalty to Barini's four and still I think was top of the assists league, I think he got six or seven assists and six or seven goals the season before and for for people who say to me he doesn't work hard enough as a winger, well I think he works as hard as any winger and, you know almost any winger you can name And I think his attitude and his commitment's good. I think he shows for the ball and wants the ball in when things are not going well. And then when you throw in the fact he scored three years at Newcastle running, yes, you know, uh, tremendous. And should should go higher in that list. And certainly, in future, when his particular contribution to the football club is assessed, I've no doubt that he will be viewed as a... Uh, uh, as a as a successful mm. buy, uh, although he did come as Graham says with quite a sizeable price tag, what, but he's justified it.
2: One way we've looked at this before, previously on the uh, on the podcast, is that uh, I don't know if it was you or Craig who said it. Gareth, uh, it was an interesting point that we said: had Adam Johnson had the season he had last season, and maybe he'd been on loan from somebody, the fans perhaps would have viewed him differently. He would, have point, he would yeah, have seen more maybe. valuable then, wouldn't he? Yeah. I just yeah.
3: I just think when they when they first <coughs> when they first arrived, um, Fletcher and uh, Johnson, it, it was. Uh, we, you know, optimists, we all hope that this will be a transformative moment, and so there's a lot a lot of expectation on, uh, on John's shoulders and on Fletcher's shoulders. Um, but I think that Johnson's, I think he has delivered. I think no
2: one could argue that he's not been worth the money. Lane Chackle number four, I bet you guys in the press would have liked to have around then, because he was supposed to be a bit of a character, wasn't he? Well, he was, Not uh, no doubt right. about
1: mm. Yeah, everybody has a story about Shaq. Um, have you got mm. <laughs> there's, 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 there's loads and loads of stories about Shaq. I mean, everybody knows about the, the fact he would... Bear in mind, you were playing with a proper old-fashioned mm. Casey in those days. The fact that he could put a spin on the ball, tease the full-back, make sure it was going to make, make the full-back or the defender think it was going to, him, but then actually have it spin back to himself... Lots of people have told me that they actually did see him play one-twos off the corner flag. People, My dad told me about the time he saw Len Shackleton sit on the ball in the centre circle and challenge people to get it off him. The stories are endless. For me, Len Shackleton is completely overrated in the history of Summer Football Club because speaking to the other players who played at the time with him, they all say he played when it suited him mm. and he wasn't a team player. And another big signing of that era who brought the British transfer record to bring him in was the, the Wales international Trevor Ford, and legend has it, this is before my time, I didn't see it, I'm just going on what I've read and other players from the era that I've interviewed and supporters from the era that I've spoken to, but if you read Trevor Ford's autobiography and you read Len Shackland's autobiography, it's clear that they loathed each other, mm-hmm. it's common knowledge that yeah. they loathed each other. Ford was 100% a give it everything, every time kind of player, Shack was a... Right, we're playing at home, I'll entertain my home fans. Yes, we're playing against Arsenal, who rejected me as a boy. I'll have my game of the season. Yes, I'll play against Newcastle, my former club. I'll play well. Other days, he would be more out than in. Fantastic player, probably the gazzer of his time. Nobody's questioning how brilliant he was as a footballer, but in terms of his contribution to the team in a team game, for
3: me, vastly overrated. You've opened up a a box there, though, Rob, about um, how players are perceived haven't you I mean, sort of there's, there's a perception you might have from your teammates mm-hmm. where fans might see a player who they can't stand and mm-hmm. don't want in the team mm-hmm. but that player is absolutely appreciated and respected for the job yep. they do for the teammates and the other side of the coin where and Len's not the only player on this list that mm-hmm. that acquisition could have been thrown out, mm-hmm. where they were absolutely fabulous absolute mm-hmm. crowd idols but their yeah. own teammates. To I hope be-
1: nobody misunderstands me. I'm not saying Shackleton was anything other than a brilliant footballer. We all know about his goal against West Germany, 1954, for England, where he West Germany were the reigning world champions. He dribbles around three or four players in the box and slots it in, and never gets picked again for England. Yeah, he was. He was I think
3: he was also, but he was also popular with many of his yeah. teammates as well. It wasn't as though it, was, was it There was definitely a, a faction yeah. in that. I just testimony. think
1: for how good a player he apparently was, that that he could have done much more with that team if he'd had the attitude to do his best every single time. So
2: do you not think he should have made the top
1: ten, Rob? I don't think you can argue with him being in the top ten because of his ability as a footballer. Mm. But I certainly wouldn't um, say that he deserves um, th- to
3: be a number four position ahead of... what you're saying, saying is, had he fulfilled his potential as a, as a team player, he could have been number one. Oh, undoubtedly. should have been. But we've heard this conversation in time. And time.
0: Mm. <coughs> we see it. this week That goes out, through the generations, doesn't it, Gary? You're talking about... Footballers in general, Mm. you know, and again, you can have a list of footballers who say they've got great potential, Mm. but they don't actually produce it week in week out, and and that's the difference. And that's the difference Mm. when you're looking at players. You know, you're talking about you know out of six games, you're looking for a player to be performing at least four to five times out of six. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes you're only having players who are performing maybe once or twice out of six, and then players are usually playing lower down. Yeah, or are not playing on a regular basis. Now the players who are producing the goods, you know, p- five out with six games, mm-hmm. you know, same level are the ones who are playing top level and are playing for the best teams in in, in the league.
4: Well, yeah. S- Sessignon's <laughs> a, <laughs> a classic example. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what 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 number is he? He's quite way down. Sixty
5: four.
4: Uh, I mean, a, the thing is though, like b- ability on, wise, unbelievable. But on as, the, as Gary was saying, one in one in six or two mm, in six.
5: On, top the, top on the subject of that though, I mean, down the list, so people from players that I remember from my generation that are, are on the list like Johnston Sessegnon, um, you know Malbrank who's you know one of my favourite players to ever play for Sunderland I mean he's down at 93 and that's just my personal thing Arger people like that you know they're people when I was you know younger like Arger and Johnston I mean Johnston I used to wake up on Saturday morning excited to go to the mm. match because I wanted to see Alan Johnston because I thought he was absolutely brilliant and I know he pl- he played briefly in the top flight you know the back end scored the last goal at Roger Park didn't he which sort of yeah. was funny because Waddle kind of stole the show that free kick on that day Um yeah, it's just, you know, he was just a player. that. would have been higher and up if he didn't leave the way he did, though. When but yeah, I mean, Johnston was 28, I mean, that's, that's pretty high. for. That's I wouldn't, I wouldn't a have
3: included Johnston in that. I don't know what you're saying, because oh, oh, it's always the, the accusation of throwing up wingers that it can be a bit inconsistent, but I thought it, the John O'Grear combination was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but,
5: yeah, I completely agree with the Archer and Steve Malbrank mm-hmm. uh, analysis as well. It just, yeah, it's exciting. That's, and it's, but, you know, you want, you, you want to go and see functional winning football sometimes, and it's Sunderland. Over the last since post-war, we've not really done anything. But that, uh, that you you think you've got to uh, find other things to enjoy at the match and <laughs> yeah. players like that. I think with Johnston,
4: though, there
5: was always there was
4: seemed to be always an end product. Whenever you go mm-hmm. and went and watched him play more often than not, wouldn't it? As you said, with that partnership with Greg. You know, you're talking about you Now, you know, if you talk amongst the media,
0: you know Malbronk was a home player at home, excellent. Away from home, he wasn't the same player. Mm-hmm. For Strain he didn't score many for Sunderland because when he was a
2: fuller million in his career, he scored a lot
3: from midfield, didn't he? He did. Should have scored a lot more. Yeah. On a final word on Shackleton, shackleton. (laughs) but that that was one of the accusations thrown at Len and Len's uh, justification for a lot of these things, for for example, on that particular uh, uh, score, according to Stan Anderson, was his argument was, I play for Sunderland, Fifty thousand Sunderland fans mm-hmm. are turning up for me at home. I'm going to produce my best game for them yeah. away from home. I, yeah. I, he, he almost felt as though he was playing for, That's, say, you know, Man- Manchester City's fans. It's, it's
1: exactly it's, what I was alluding to yeah. when I said you will play at home. I'll do my best. I mean, mm-hmm. Shackleton always used. To, I mean, bear in mind, he played in the era of the maximum wage, but also the era when Sunderland were um, almost ruined as a football club after getting done for illegal payments in the in the mid to late fifties. Um, Shackleton used to always make the point that. If he was playing at the London Palladium, you know, and he was entertaining people, he would paid an absolute fortune. But as a footballer, he was paid a pittance, even though he was putting ten thousand on the gate. And in the nineteen seventies, for the home fans.
3: In the nineteen seventies, they were saying the same thing when Rod Stewart was entertaining mm-hmm. some of the nineteen seventy three squad. Yeah. Rod Stewart couldn't believe how little uh, absolutely his, his Scottish, like uh, a passing football,
2: and mm-hmm. in the London in team were on. I'm trying to say Sunderland, i history of giving it, people cheap it's, <laughs> it's, it's changed a bit now. No, well, no, no. I, I, think Gary, actually, I think Gary Bennett changed it when Gary quite, came
3: Actually, in the
1: quite show. the contrary, because when S- Sunderland have never really recovered. And, until mm. 1958, when Sunderland were relegated, and for the previous 20 years, they were the only team in the country to be able to claim to have only played top-flight football. So when Sunderland were done, players were suspended, the manager was suspended, the directors were suspended haven't been found for illegal payments they duly were relegated because they couldn't recover for that and they've never really recovered at the moment we're in what, the 8th consecutive season in the top flight that's the longest run we've had in any division since we were relegated in 58 and from 58 we've been in the same division since 1890 and we were one of the dominant teams in that division, but no it was actually paying people more than we and should the, have been yeah. paid, and they got them into the trouble that they've, they've only just now starting to properly recover from in my opinion
0: It's interesting the subjects what you're talking about
1: entertainers entertainment, you know, and
0: uh, uh, as I said, Graeme's just mentioned about <coughs> entertaining the public. Footballers weren't classed as entertainers. It's only t- due to what's happened in America to sort of change the old yeah. picture in regards of football that, you know, for them, what, an hour and a half, 90 minutes, they were out there performing, entertaining the supporters, then all of a sudden mm. looked at the old picture and they said, look, if they're performing, they need to be paid. You know, if you had, as you just mentioned, Rod Stewart, if he goes out there and performs for an hour and a half, two hours, the amount of money, what he's getting paid, so the footballers were saying, well, we need to be on that. You know, sports people Mm. are looking at that. You know, they're there to entertain, so that's one reason why you've seen, obviously, the vast amount of money what
1: footballers are getting now. Yeah, I don't think anybody has any objections to footballers being paid astronomical amounts of money if they're putting the shift in and if they're producing the goods. I think people object to footballers at any club when they're being paid astronomical amounts of money and they're not putting it in and they're not getting picked and they're not really justifying it. But yes, you know, top-class players around the world... You know, they have to, uh, you know, if you think about it, all of us in our jobs and all the listeners in our jobs, we go and do our job, we might have to answer to the boss, we might have to answer to our colleagues, that's about it. We don't have to answer to 45,000 people who would be rating us if we're not pulling our weight and then pick up the echo on a Monday night and find Chris has marked us out of 10. Mm. <laughs> you know? Harshly. Harshly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
2: quite funny the reaction people give to player rating and the mm. isn't it? So the, 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 <laughs> the
0: players themselves well, I'm
3: not a believer of it but but the, in a way I, I think in a way a lot of sports reporters aren't a big fan of it either cuz no. the they thing not. which gives them the most stick of all but the people who want most of all are the public you mm-hmm. know? and oh, that's yeah. why
4: it's the uh, bit always the big talking yeah, point yeah just isn't
3: generationally it? you'll get a discussion in an editorial do we really need the match marks or you know, getting, you know it's divisive and all the rest of it but it they always
2: stay there cuz the fans demand that they want it it's people do it differently It's six is six a party thing like average anything above that yeah nine six average yeah. yeah that
0: then that's your opinion, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's somebody's opinion on some. Yeah. For instance, you, as you said, you might think that Steve Maldonado is a good player. To some of, yeah, somebody yeah, else, course, they he? think he's a bad player. You might think that he's had a good game. To somebody else, he's had a poor game. Now, for a striker, he could be poor for ninety, well, eighty-nine minutes. Scores the winning goal. He gets marked nine.
3: Yeah. yeah, Kevin. How do you? you
0: how, how come on? She's taught me. No, Kevin, how, how do you? <laughs> weigh, how do
3: you weigh that out? What was How it, do you mark that? M- what was your strip number on the back of your strip? My number's four. Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> 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 you we'll I'm that I'm not not LAUGHTER If, much if we're starting to get personal, <laughs> <laughs> what, level, what level did you play at? <laughs> oh, like, hey, I thought <laughs> you in the, <laughs> <top ten>. <laughs> <laughs> I've in the top ten. I voted in the top ten. Just yeah. a joke. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Friends,
0: <laughs> <no> one phrase, No system. <laughs> got, I'm um... just saying that's somebody's opinion, <laughs> you know, and then you're looking at somebody's opinion who has a different outlook on football in general.
1: But yes, it's a talking point. Everybody looks at match marks and says, "Was that a reporter at the same game as me?" Because you've mm-hmm. all got different opinions. You go at the match with your mate, and you walk back over the bridge after the match, mm-hmm. and you one. If you might think such and such a player had a great game, and you might say, "What, what do you mean?" He that's is why you decide
2: to let the public vote for the top okay. ten, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Well, we yeah, didn't yeah. yeah. It exactly. Stick. Yeah. And that's uh, why uh, there'll be complete order. agreement.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you, you done the? Getting back to the list,
2: are there any names that you don't yeah. you don't know, Gareth? Or
5: the l- probably quite a few. I'd Google a couple. I'm guessing. Fogarty, i've never heard of him. Charlie Cannonball, never Fleming, him. never heard of him. No. 20, I'm, guess <laughs>
2: Easton, I'm guessing twenty Billy Elliot as a ballet dancer from Easington, I'm guessing.
5: If, <laughs> if, if <laughs> Billy he were here now,
3: you wouldn't be yeah. seeing that. No. <laughs> He's a yeah. notorious so, hard yeah. 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 Yeah.
5: the On the list, outside of that top ten, putting you on the spot. If somebody's got one off the top of the head, is there a fa- like a favourite player that you've had? When when you've been watching Sunderland, that's sort of somebody that's you know
2: like your Malbranck.
5: Yeah, like my Malbranck or, or Johnston Johnson, or something. Yeah. Someone like that, where you've gone or we really look forward to seeing them, or anyone on that list where you've, you know you got a few stories about well, you them you or thought, something you
4: thought like Steve that. Steve Bold should be hiding.
5: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I might. Be, I mean, the, the, the great thing about the list was we
3: we had a lot of fun discussing it, and um, I I. I Controversially suggested Steve Wall might even make the top 10. Well, I was going to mention that
2: it 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 says a lot about him that he's as high as 23 for the short six six months, months. because he was very significant, wasn't he? I lived through that
3: era, and uh, I remember, you know, Reedy was, and not just Reedy, but Quinny and a few of the players were absolutely, um, you know, the word eludes me but they were, they were praising him so much to the limit and they credited him so much with helping change the professionalism, the mentality the, the, the whole squad benefited from him being there but they benefited on the field as well and if you remember when he first came to the club uh, in, that, in that season, that was the season when first gone up
2: he was 35, was he? Or? He, was, he yeah. was, but
3: he organised them so well and defensively they were so strong and they took confidence from him and they took leadership from him. Um, and when he was injured, the injury was to end his career, some of them were second in the league at the time. You know, people forget he was second in the league. And so when you talk to players who are so influential and uh, so respected, that's probably why Steve Balls so high. I I took that from from being inside of the club at the time and realising the impact he was making. And, and if you think about it, second when he retired and uh, mm-hmm. when he had to pack in, and then they ebbed away that season, yeah. who knows where they might I have r- been. I mean, I remember
2: as a fan then, and, and it was one of those where you, you look and think, oh, he's a bit past at that blow. He hadn't been in the Arsenal first team for a few years and stuff. And I remember he, on his interview, it might have been one of you guys, and where well, he was actually saying, no, I, I don't blame the fans for thinking that, but it was almost... From the start, instantly, five you to, just yeah. saw his he's class on the pitch, shone through. It goes
1: back to what I think what I was saying about uh, being a team player. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
4: that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness
5: bombas
2: big comfort for everyone go to bombas.com slash acast and use code acast for 20 percent off your first purchase that's bombas.com slash acast code acast in a
1: team game he was crucial to the team yeah
2: and but he stood out individually and we were
1: much better it's like now you know, you know, Catamole's out of the team at the minute because he's injured, and we're not such a good team without Catamole in. Not particularly because of what Catamole does himself, partly that, but partly because of the extra Catamole gets out of everybody else. Steve Ball was that kind of a player. He was an organiser, he was a talker, he was experienced, everybody respected him. And that's why he's as high in the list, I think, despite how few games he played. Equally, Brian Clough hardly played any games, something like 74 games with 63 goals. And I think he's in the top 10. Obviously, he been much higher if he'd played another two or three years and scored yeah. a lot more goals.
3: Yeah, just, bear, just bear in mind that as well sort of Sunderland just missed out that season on Europe. Um, just missed out on Europe that season. And had he not got injured, nowadays, seven but you, will get you in Europe as yeah, well. Right. That's interesting, you know, isn't it? Had he, had, he, had he played the whole season, maybe he would have, um, would have had that European. It's also a champion. mansion.
5: Imagine if Helmer had worked, and you had Helmer and Ball at the centre of that defence. Do you imagine a imma- pace there? I, know, but, <laughs> but imma- I mean, he was. I mean, he went on to play Champions League yeah. when he left Sunderland. I, think, I, think, I
4: think Bold had football intelligence. Yeah, I not mean, he he knew and read the game yeah. so immaculately but that, that, that uh, it transmitted to the rest of the back four. You know, Ball doesn't get
5: injured. Helmer works. Yeah. you might have two. So two so so there's a lot. There's, all a all yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, though, isn't it? In, yeah. in that
4: in, throughout that list, isn't it? I mean, Lee Clark, people like that. Lee Clark's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I said, you, know, you need to factor things in. So Lee Clark has thought <laughs> me,
2: would he be higher if he hadn't have left the way? I think, yeah, think, think,
4: think it's similar to Bent, isn't it? It's mm. the manner of the departure you have to consider. I mean, for those two years, Clark was, he was good, a linchpin. He? Yeah. In it's the other side the
1: coin the likes of Gary Bennett and Kevin Ball and yeah. Kyle Quinn, whose contribution to the football club wasn't measured just by what they did on the pitch, though what they did on the pitch was absolutely excellent. Mm. But then they bought into being part of Sunderland whereas there's one or two people who such as those you've mentioned who for one reason or another left under a cloud I think in the um, I think nobody probably re- regrets that more than Lee Clark himself
2: When you had a look at the, the, the finalised list did you, did you change it after that? I mean the, it looks fine to me I don't, I don't have any major complaints about it one thing I did notice though was that Alex Reyes at 69 and jordy Craddock's at 46 that seems like quite a big leap to me between those two players I don't know what anyone else <laughs> thinks. You think I like Are You having a dig? No, you know? I'm just saying probably. that's the only one that stood out to me. No, I like. You probably have to take into account about the God. games, God.
1: don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, um, you know, again, that just goes back to your opinion. That's your yeah. opinion. Oh, I won't oh, yeah. I know. argue I, with it. I, 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 I think, think, you think you might I, find
2: somebody who thinks. I think we absolutely. That's why I was interested in knowing what at the end, if you had those differences of opinions. Alex
3: and Jordy are both mates, so I can say this, but I think Jordy probably benefits from the fact that he had a blemishless service. Whereas Alex, I mean I loved
4: to watch Alex play Alex Ray on his, on his song was a fabulous player he, was, watch, he never
1: played more than 15 consecutive
4: games Yeah, yeah so club.
3: you suffer for that as well, I think. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and Craddock came from nowhere, didn't he, for yeah, p- pittance. pints of money. Mm-hmm. I, that Sim- similar it. to Darren Williams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Darren Williams is is high at number 50, but then he cost 50 grand, and he grand, paid 200. 200
3: appearances, yeah. versatile. Never yeah. let them down. Well, I, I can put right a, a, a cruel slight on Darren, because I, I think the, the, that table in the boardroom, I don't know if you've ever been to the southern boardroom, that fabulous table, <laughs> there was Suggesting I came from York for £50,000, which is the same as Darren did. And I used to say that it got better value out of the table than we did at Darren's. <laughs> sort of but no, I, I was keen from the, to put him for exactly that reason. He was an excellent servant, and never, you know, he, he, so many times when in that Peter Reid era where someone was injured, they just took Darren would, in there. Would, would, yeah.
1: would Darren Williams ever be in Sunderland's first choice 11 if everybody's fit when he's there? Answer no. When there was a gap though, virtually any position, yeah. who would come in and not let you down?
5: Yeah. Darren Williams. Yeah. Well, it's good start It his career as well with that goal you road road. and you know you I know when you're talking about
0: popularity you know you talk about like danny collins you know from where he come from and then when he left the yeah. club mm-hmm. yeah I tell you what it took some <laughs> replacing yeah yeah, yeah you well, know and, and nobody realizes what a good job he actually done you know yeah. and and you know people laugh about nairon Noseworthy. i tell you what nairon okay when he first come phew, everyone was like questioning but so after a little while, he yeah. became very, very crucial popular. in that promotion. And one thing yeah. he b- did bring to the mm. team, he brought a little bit of strength and pace, which we were lacking. And, and in both
1: cases, of Danny Collins and Nyran Nosworthy, absolutely a one first first class attitude. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Great yeah. character. Well,
3: g- credit to uh, Chris on this one because at the, after we completed the list and got 100, we, we sat down. And, uh, me and him and thought right, who have we forgotten? Because there's mm-hmm. bound to be someone. Where we've got the public will go, what about him? And we we'll go, oh yeah, Christ, what about him? We've forgotten about him. And Danny Collins was that person. Originally, mm-hmm. Danny was in it. He, he was clear of the season. So mm-hmm. Who got
2: I'm nudged out to... for Collins then
4: in the end? <laughs> I can We <laughs> have, have the list of the neely at, ones. If, who you know, you just look
0: where he is, and um, I just think that, you know, what a good job he done. You know, he could yeah. play mm-hmm. left back, and you know, he could play centre back. You know, consistent, you know what you were going to get out of Danny mm. Collins as well, and, you know, where he come from, he was Chester. What was it, 50? Yeah, was it, was right.
4: he another 50 grand
1: grab? 50 grand from Chester. he yeah. yeah. was, was an excellent, an excellent guy. He only buy. had to make, like, 11 Football League appearances yeah. when we signed him, because Chester had just come back into the league. Mm. Yeah.
3: And like Rob says, we're, 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 we're looking enough to know a lot of all these players kind of off the field as well, so we see a bit more of them kind of their attitudes and all the rest of it, and he, he had a first-class attitude. Mm-hmm. And when you sometimes you get a big-name popular player who perhaps isn't quite as committed mm. as, as you had hoped he would be, people like Danny Collins and Aaron Oswald mm-hmm. couldn't get more committed p- mm-hmm. players every
5: game. Yeah, Schwartz has won as well. I mean, 35, he was, you know, a top-class player, you know, it's 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 infi- player. It's it 's international player. I
4: mean, it shows you, doesn't it, the popularity of the Peter Reid era yeah. when you see so many of that squad in the, what, the top 50, really. Well, I'd, I'd, I mean, we're, we're talking radio and I'd like to get on that
3: because uh, at some point where when we discussed Kevin Phillips eventually, he, he was in, I mean, I know a lot of people look at his last year critically um, but I, I would argue that if you're going to criticise people in his last year there was a hell of other players rather mm-hmm. than Kevin Phillips who should mm-hmm. have come in for it but he was invited to go on to a different radio show which we, used to be highly critical it used to do me head in every night they were was, there was slagging uh Sunday Football Club off at a, a very successful time and Kevin was invited to go on that show and actually at the, when he was leaving and criticising mm-hmm. and he, he refused to go on it uh, out of respect for Simon Football Club and the fans. Um, so that's a tick in, in his favour, in my opinion. But also, also, you know, I was writing at this time and I, I was loving reporting on the club and the, and the football I was playing and that, and I was listening to a radio talking show the night. It used to do me head in because you were listening to... it. it you'd think it was one of the least successful Sunderland sides you've seen. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that nowadays people look, do look back on that era and realise what a special time it was. And it's no surprise to me that <laughs> most of that team is actually in this
2: list. When you're talking about money uh, influencing, again, I'm just looking at the list here, um, has that been a, a factor in Craig Gordon not making the top 100? Because I, I, got- I actually read I think Craig Gordon I think it's keeper, got to be, not And I
4: see the Vito Manone has yeah. made the top well, 100. Well, it's comparative fees, isn't it? That Gordon comes as Britain's most expensive ever goalkeeper, and, as you said, he showed, there were spells where he looked like he was really going to be Britain's best goalkeeper, but... Never quite made it, thanks to Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> 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 down down at White why Lane. Yeah, I saw that. I still
3: remember that. I think when uh, someone signed Jermaine Defoe, my mind went back to that, mm. that incident. It was uh, horrendous. Split opinion, Craig Gordon, as well.
5: Yeah? Um, well, he, he was ordered that he'd got that to top save of the decade or something didn't yeah, the best Bolton. save yeah. in the first 20 years of the Premier born, League so the save from Zach yeah. Knight against Bolton the, yeah. the instant
1: reaction one from a close range effort that he managed to get over the bar mm. it was a fabulous save Craig was never short of fabulous saves uh, and a great goalkeeper I really liked him but the downside of him was he wasn't the kind of goalkeeper who could come and command a penalty area he was a goalkeeper who wasn't strong enough perhaps in some situations against physical teams, most notably a couple of stinkers he had against yeah, Stoke, Stoke. I remember the, the one 3-2-2. And yeah. I remember him talking to the referee, who was Lee Probert, as he came off the pitch that particular day. And Lee Probert rightly or wrongly said to him, you should have been stronger. Now, I think Lee Probert should have actually applied the laws of the game on that particular day. Well, especially considering it. I think two but, of the goals were handballs yeah. and <laughs> but, one of them was offside. But, but you know. he didn't. <laughs> nonetheless, he wasn't strong enough. In that, in that particular mm. aspect of his game, and as Chris said, he cost a record fee, he cost an awful lot of money, and through no fault of his own, through injury, he ended up going for nothing. Um it's Celtic so, now, though, doing quite well Celtic, yeah, 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 yeah. doing well, in, And I, I don't think anybody's more pleased than Sunderland supporters to see him doing yeah. well, you know, yeah. wish the lad absolutely every success.
0: It's interesting that, if you look at through the list, we would have, what, <clears> eight or <throat> nine goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sunderland needed of them. <laughs> them. <Yeah. laughs> Often
4: in the same yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it just goes to show you, you know. Goal- they have had good goalkeepers. No, goalkeepers, goalkeepers have
1: always been popular at Sunderland. Goalkeepers are my real specialist interest. The mm. first of my books I ever wrote on Sunderland was on goalkeepers. Jimmy Montgomery remains my favourite ever player. And uh, it's great that I, I think we have got so many goalkeepers in, in there. Goalkeepers and centre halves have traditionally been very, very popular players at Sunderland.
5: Strikers as well obviously I think that that's the cliche isn't it everyone loves Strikers in the North and all that rubbish but you know who doesn't like Strikers who score lots of goals yeah, I, I mean, mean when, I was a, when I was a kid again growing up watching old videos um Brian Robson was a player who you know I used to like when I was a kid like I didn't know a lot about him didn't see him play live or anything but like my dad used to talk about him and Phillips, I guess, was compared to, to Robson. Yeah. Um, my dad used to say they were quite similar mm. in I think, style. I think, I think one thing we should say: I
4: mean, John Burner at thirty one, mm. and he, 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 was, he was only at the club for a brief time, but had a massive contribution. Mm. Into, and I think that's something we bought boy minded. How much did the impact on a promotion or a cup run or yeah, something cup like that?
2: A a cup run, I mean, Carlos
4: Edwards was quite high up, and he really only had that January to May. And I, I argued that he was so pivotal in that in that Keen team going mm. up. Both
5: South of the goals he and scored and the, the injection apparently. of pace he, he, he created. That game against I think we played, who uh, was I can't remember was it, it wasn't, uh, Southend, was it Southend I think we played at home, beating 4-0. I remember we scored after a couple of minutes. I think it was David Connolly who might have scored, he set him up, but he'd knocked it, I think, and he it just pace. Yeah. And it was such a shame that he got that leg injury yeah. and he never, never recovered and never really got a chance in the Premier League you look at, I guess Alan Johnson's one never got a chance in the mm-hmm. Premier League because he fell out and these players who did so well at that level and you're thinking oh can they kick on and they just haven't and that, that's a real shame and like I, Edwards is one of those and David Connolly actually could, should you know he that night against Burnley in that same game it was nice seeing him in the list because for, for him they missed that first penalty and then to step up, step up and take that second one and that pressure you know, yeah. massive admiration yeah, for him, also, after him. And he did score his first goal in and November, and, and 13. And
1: everybody remembers the, the Stuart Pearce reaction when he put the penalty in after missing one in a previous shooter for England, and how everything comes out. There's none of that with David Connolly. He ran the back of the net, picked no. the ball out, and yeah. sprinted back the halfway line to get kicked off again because he knew yeah. he knew we, needed, we needed another
4: goal. Again, though, a player that only really had made an impact for what, a season, yeah. uh, lingered around a long time for after that, cost him a bit of money, but crucial in that promotion.
2: Of Definitely. course, it, it's, it's influenced as well by how how well as a club you doing, I mean, for example, you talked about David Connolly's one season, uh, and, and that was you know that was great. Someone like Phil Gray makes the list. Now, I guess well, you know when I was a kid, um, we had a pretty rubbish team, a ragged part. Don't look at me. It's off. It's off. has <laughs> gone, gone. But like Phil Gray was was one of the few sort of classy players we had then, wasn't he? I guess so. You, it's. Very much from a fan's perspective, isn't it?
4: Answer that one, Ben. Well, Gary, Gary's the obvious <laughs> one. Everybody knows that one.
2: I'm, I'm just, <laughs> i just giving Phil, a, Phil Gray a shout here. Yeah, but, you're giving him a shout, yeah, out but here. in the context of the whole Sunderland's history, he didn't have that much of an impact, did he? But I guess it's you've got to consider the sides that didn't do so great as well and who performed for them as well.
3: Well, if you if you look back at Gary's ear, there's a few of the players you mentioned there. John Byrne on there and Tippy Gray. There's a name on there. In the top ten, which is uh, my uh, mine and Chris's predecessor at the Echo, Jeff story, uh, his favourite player of all time, um, he, he, he covered for Sunderland Football Club, Marto Gabbiadini. and he, I mean, if he was here now, he might have put him number one. He, he mm. but he, <laughs> he, he, he said that uh, y- you rarely got. An excitement like the excitement you got when the ball was pushed in front of Gavardini, yeah. and off he went because he, he. You mentioned Pearson, said, but he was like lightning, wasn't he, Mark? Yeah, I, I think um, when you're looking for a, talking about
0: strikers, especially especially now, you know, you're thinking we could do with somebody like Marco Gavardini because you know, out of nothing, it'll produce a goal because he had everything. You know, he was strong, he was quick, he was good in the air. You know, so he, all of a sudden, it's a great outlet. For 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 the players on the pitch as well. Sometimes you just put it up there, and you, you knew that he was going to get onto it, and then you knew that he was going to be positive enough to do something and trying to get a shot away, you know. And that's what he brought to the team.
5: That's one of my regrets as a kid growing up is that I, did, I didn't really start going till 91, 92 so mi- I just missed him. I so I never... I haven't got... I, haven't, I just caught him. But Good- Goodman's on the list, and he was, like, he was my first ever favourite mm. player. I thought he was... You know, he was brilliant. Um Go on. I I loved him, so he, he was my favourite. When I was a kid growing up, he, he was the one that, you know... I'd want you know if I if I got to get a name and number. and well, I don't it, think he did them. Then he would be the one who would go on.
4: Going back to something that Rob said earlier, someone who with work rate right and gives everything for the team. I mean, he was the archetypal yeah. team player, wasn't he? He must know? have been
2: good at that he missed that cup run because he was cup tied, yeah. wasn't he? he, he was yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was, he was yeah. excellent. Um, he played for West he, Brom against Town or Town in the
4: first round,
1: and he um, he subsequently missed the cup run, and. Um, it was, uh, it was a great pity, but he was a great contributor to the Sunderland Football Club, and again, you know, an excellent team player. You talk about exciting players there, I completely understand and agree with what's been said about Marco, who was fantastic, and a player who didn't make this list because he was a homegrown player, but the player for me who was probably the only one to be more exciting when he got the ball than Marco in my time watching Sunderland was Dennis Stewart, mm. because whenever the ball went anywhere near Dennis Stewart, in those days everybody stood up, in any case, you know there was there wasn't there was only nine thousand seats in Roker Park in those days, um, but Dennis Stewart getting the <coughs> ball was just like Gabbiadini, mm. except if anything, he was even faster. Mm.
2: Gabby Addini was was playing a time when the, def, the defences were higher up as well, wasn't mm. so you well, got particularly the, better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he got the ball over the top a lot and he was on the back of everything, wasn't he? I mean, I just called Gabby Dini, as Gareth says, I'm a couple years older than Gareth. My brother, who's a couple years older than me, absolutely worshipped worshipped Margot. Mm. I got <laughs> they were rubbish when I got to that age. When I was a kid, we were, we were <laughs> under Terry Butcher and things like that. So yeah, you take up a granted a little bit, don't you? No, I think he was. Martin e- Smith was a shining light. don't tell him that. Though. Yeah. Uh, say, tell Mark him I said Marco was
0: one of them that, as Rob just spoke about there, when the ball went to his feet, you know, everybody would sit on the edge of the seat or stand up because he knew something was going to happen. You know, and he was good enough to push it to one side, and he was away. Mm. You know, and one-one v one situation here is excellent. Oh, there
1: was no catching, Marco. And quite apart from anything else, let's not let the discussion with Marco go beyond it without mentioning that goal in the, in the uh, playoff semi at St James's Park, which was <laughs> the epitome of the the G Force relationship with Eric Gates.
5: And they, I guess there's parallels with Gates to, to Quinn and Phillips and you or know, Gates, the Quinn in that obviously not in stature, but definitely in in raw. Maybe the young the young lad playing with him you know yeah, it's part of throughout,
1: throughout the team and we've we'll talked about we've we'll talked about uh, Alan Johnson you know, Graham mentioned you know his relationship with with, with Mickey Gray. You know, you look at the top of the list, list, and you've got Phillips and Quinn. I think only separated by Charlie Early. You know, it's <laughs> partnerships. Sometimes you get two players in any area of the team who just play off each other.
3: We well, could spend uh, you know, hours and hours on an alternative histories and what might have been. But I remember that that summer for Sunderland being promoted, with 105 points. That team, which I remember at the time was an all-time record in the history mm-hmm. of the game. No one had ever team had ever scored 105 points in a season. I remember Adrian Heath spending an hour with Adrian Heath who was just so excited at seeing that Johnson-Gray partnership in the Premier League because he said it would tear Premier League defences apart because he he argued you couldn't defend against it Mm -hmm. when Mickey bomb passed John which he did all the time Mm -hmm. the defender faced that choice do I go with Mickey uh, and if he did, John was naturally right-footed, so he quit inside and caused devastation. Or if he went with Johnson, it wouldn't make you green. I think there's Sunderland in the seventh the following season, but it was sad in a way that that Johnson A green, game, a, game a lot of
1: people have forgotten is at the end of that hundred and five-point season, Sunderland played Liverpool in a match that was to celebrate the, yeah, cent, the centenary yeah. season of no, the green league. Didn't they? And it was Liverpool yeah. were picked because they'd been the team that had won the league most often. Sunderland mm-hmm. were picked because they were that year's Football League champions, and Liverpool beat us three-two. But the highlight of that game for me was Johnson doing exactly that, cutting in and scoring at the south end of the stadium yeah. with one of his trademark shots where he the cuts in and it in the top corner. And likewise, I was devastated when everything went wrong at the beginning of that following season and Johnson didn't feature because I too was thinking he would absolutely mm-hmm. rip the Premier League apart, that's particularly in, advice, co- in combination always, with... He, yeah, always, he, always,
5: he always threatened to score the greatest goal I've ever mm-hmm. seen, Johnson. That's, that's how I remember him. Yeah, that, and like, he... I remember we beat Oxford 7-0 and I think he, needed, he he beat about four players and then he chipped the keeper from about 30 yards from the left wing and it hit the top of the bar mm. and that was it. That was the greatest goal I've ever seen well, that was, and he didn't was, score There was
3: partnerships all over the pitch and you had you had it that great team, uh, the perfect balance. You had it with Mickey Gray and O on one side and O' on loved to see Mickey Gray bowing past him and then on the other side you had Megan in the summer. Beach. I was just about to bring uh, that up, uh, Graham. Uh, yeah. Uh, so You've you got, you you got to give them a mention as well. Their attitude was completely different. I mean, sort of... Uh, Nicky Sun used to say, I don't, I don't want to see you go past me at all as long as I don't have to do any defensive duties I'm happy, mm. you stop them, I'll, I'll do, do the attacking. And, then you, and you had those
2: partnerships all over the pitch. And Chris Megan was another one who uh, he, came he had, in to, and grow it, he he had got, to grow in, yeah, Because he? the playoff season, season, yeah, Darren Holloway <laughs> yeah. was, was starting to play He had that mare as well yeah.
5: against uh, QPR on that wet night where he had that he came on as a sub, I think, and he back, played a back pass and Sheeran scored from it and that was basically the end of our yeah you know promotion campaign it was a
2: good friday I think. Yeah, it was a that? good well yeah it was friday <laughs> yeah. Um, Not yeah, literally,
5: <laughs> he, he recovered really well to become a really <clears> important player <throat> in he's arguably
4: better in the prep more influential in the yes, yes, than yes. he was, in was, the was the a, i mean
2: there was a point when you know when we had those couple of second half season slumps on the read and we finished seventh and we were much higher at christmas now, i remember one of those seasons maybe the second one there was a time when the players Clearly lacked confidence, and Chris Meechan was was getting the ball and driving in the centre midfield himself, and, and, lo- and looking for the passes himself, and almost playing like a centre midfielder because he's confident That's derby
5: that where line. we where scored the one-one, he was man of the match. Making, I thought he was fantastic, and I think he made it, Harper made about three like world-class saves from mm. shots from distance.
2: Where's Hutchison um, on the list? Because he he's next to uh,
5: next to Goodman, I think. Two dons together, fifty-four. Hutchison. 54.
4: It's a shame he didn't stay around longer as well, is not it? Again, manner of departure casts yeah. mm. casts a bit of a shadow over it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean that, that, had, that, was, that was an argument just in case uh, uh, people don't know that was, that was basically the,
3: the stories behind all these departures. But with, with with Don Don wanted was it is it Don wanted more money and he, he ended up losing out in that particular argument.
5: Should have got written into his contract instead of verbally agreed. That's what, that's what <laughs> you learn. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Shall we do some bits about the I top just, three then? Yeah,
2: or? I would. Yeah, because we'll have to wrap it up soon. I just want to mention something about actually because there was a couple of players I hadn't heard of, and I had to Google. I'll be honest. Neil Martin was one. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight in eighty-six. That's not a bad goal. Neil much, Martin, yeah.
1: absolutely fantastic player. Mm. Scottish centre forward. Scored a hat trick the first day I ever saw Sunderland, which was in a seven-one win over Peterborough in the FA Cup. Uh, 66, 67. I did not
2: celebrate as much, you know. Uh, that it's season, over my head. This.
1: he was the last player to score 20 goals in the top division for something before Kevin Phillips came along. Absolutely tremendous player, Neil Martin. Still kicking about now. Lives in a place called Trinent just outside Edinburgh. Um, I see Neil Martin from time to time. He attends the occasional former players' event. Um, but a terrific player for Sunderland, scored and o- has a tremendous record of, of goals to games. And then we sold him for a big fee.
3: Wasn't he? Didn't, isn't he? Uh, him and Kenny Dalglish were the only players at one point who scored 100 goals. Yeah, in both. Yeah, Scotland absolutely.
1: And a lot of people go on about Kenny Dalglish scoring 100 goals in both leagues, and uh, he was the second person to do that. Neil Martin likes to remind people, that yes, he was the first.
2: that finest to You know, we, we like setting forwards up here because mm. no matter what, some part of the media will believe Sunderland fans like number nines as much as Newcastle fans like number <laughs> nines um, and so I'm just surprised yeah, somebody with that good ratio doesn't really get spoke about a lot. maybe
1: he's just a little bit before your time I mean mm. people who watch Sunderland in his era yeah, which is sort of the, the mid to late, late 60s and, and
2: he, was, uh, you know, he
1: was a tremendous player I mean we had a lot of uh, as, it, as we've had in many eras of the club we had a lot of terrific uh, Scottish players at that time you know the likes of Jim Baxter John O'Hare, George Hurd, George Mulhall that dominated that side in the, in the mid 60s, but that side in the mid 60s weren't particularly successful, having got promoted in 64, uh, which was before Neil Martin came. Um, they then bobbed around in the lower reaches of the first division until eventually being relegated in 70.
2: When I, when, I when I googled him and when I was looking, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. Um, there was one thing, a study in Leeds, he was involved in a game in 67 against Leeds in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. a replay at Hull.
1: Famous, famous uh, game, the yeah, ref- two and two the
2: referee
1: Yeah, the referee was Ray Tinkler. there was hell on, there was two players sent off. Um, there was a lot of talk, a, a lot of, when Sullen got the cup final in 73, Bob Stokewell made it absolutely clear that there was to be no shenanigans from Leeds and Don Revy. And this is a conversation and a programme on its own uh, with regard to Don Revy and what Don Revy did or did not do. I think we have to use alleged in all of this, even yeah, though Don suppose, Revy yeah, is I did see a lead leader report
3: on that. Yeah. As a journalist, you can't lie, we're
1: yeah. dead. So <laughs> e- even, even, even though, as I was about to say, Don Revy is dead. Um, but um, there was a lot of stories about about games haven't been bought. And Don and Revy a himself makes the list, 42. And, and a lot of players who played for Sunderland at the time, I think, feel that that game was bought. Sunderland had had two draws with Leeds in the F, in the FA Cup, and then... There was a, a penalty given to Leeds when the referee was from like 50 yards away. Mm. Everybody swears that there was it wasn't even remotely a penalty. And in arguing, so, and bear in mind, in those days, hardly anybody got yeah. sent off ever. Someone had two players sent off for arguing. Yeah. About. I and when I was reading it, it was strange strange I, saying allegedly that, that
2: apparently yeah. the referee was out yeah. shouting to his players just go down, just go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he makes As a list himself, Don Revy, 42.
1: Don Revy was a very, very influential player. I mean, you know, Don Revy was one of those players who almost changed the role of centre-forwards, where he's deep-lying centre-forward player. That was when he was at Manchester City, before he came to Sunderland. Um, played for Sunderland in the in, 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 the, in the 50s. Um, was a very, very uh, talented centre-forward, but, you know, probably in keeping with what happened to him later in his career, left Sunderland under a bit of a cloud after he had a fight with the manager Alan Brown in the dressing room at a match at Rotherham in nineteen fifty eight. Um but yeah Don Revy's history with Sunderland made it all the tastier when Don Revy was the manager of the of the Cup final in
2: seventy three. Gav,
5: did you want to say something on the top three to wrap it up? Yeah, we just saying uh, shall we well, shall we talk about the top three? If that was what I was minute, going to say. Yeah. In, in a minute or two, yeah? No. I want to get away, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, who do you want to talk about first we about Hurley three, oh, well yeah we kind of have but you know well, we should bring it back with Phillips to the top then since he was first yeah Graham you've to Kevin as
3: well haven't you since this yeah season. I spoke to him uh, I, sp- I don't know when this podcast's going out so uh, I spoke to him on Friday uh, Friday night before the, the weekend's games um and on Saturday night he's actually going to be up here at the Alexandra uh,
2: prob- That have passed
3: by the time this is up <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the point I was trying I, was, I wasn't so much advertising yeah. <laughs> You were right. I'm not getting a cut for that for I mean, a glass of white wine yeah, I mean, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's got me bought already <laughs> but, but My, my point it was that he still retains links with the club and, and I know he feels as though he suffered a little bit in that last season in terms of how he was portrayed and um, for all his achievements I think he's almost kind of Trying to get that back, and, and when I spoke to him, he was absolutely delighted that he had got this. Really was, you know, and it takes a lot of chuff Kevin mm-hmm. Phillips, and he, mm-hmm. was, he was really pleased about that because I think, of all the clubs he played for, his affection is clearly greatest with Sunderland, but also I think he wants to kind of celebrate that fact. Now that he's packed in and he can look back. Um, so to be recognised as, a, as, a, as the best sign since the Se- Second World War meant a lot to him and this article would have been in the paper where he's, he's, he's thanking the fans for, for voting for him.
5: Can you talk about ifs? You know he was so close to coming back to the club under Keane wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then made his debut for West Brom against so us. do you think...
2: That might you know, I never have he's never but he it's a great it, move. Either.
5: But he did, qu- he did quite well at West Brom. He did, uh, he did but I he never did. think he he's a great that, move. Doesn't mean he's going to do quite no. well. <laughs> do you think that would have tainted his legacy? Yeah. Uh,
2: if he come back? Wouldn't have been the same.
5: No, it wouldn't have been the same. Like Bridges. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He's
2: another one who can't because he was homegrown. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. an
5: idea for the summer. Top... 50 homegrown players or there something we are like that. that. There we well, are. Top You're number 50. one.
1: You can argue about the rest. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Make
2: it a
5: top 100 so
2: Michael Proctor can get in now. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure oh, Mr, Mr. Rowley will argue with you about that later. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <is> number one number <laughs> Alright, we Your need audience. to finish up now. Chris, can you just, rather than uh, me try and relay the information, can you just tell our listeners when the uh, Echo Supplement is Yeah, will?
4: it's going in a supplement in the Echo on Wednesday, February the 17th. Ok. Colour so one. You- uh, it might be in colour. <laughs> I bet I'd be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gary Bennett, huh? That's
0: huh? <laughs> a bit of pressure on you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, so it's better, everybody's better coming not to go there, tight move
1: manipulate on. the list so he goes high than <laughs> <of> the ages.
2: <laughs>
4: He's had all the family <laughs> vote into this
2: one, rather. <laughs> a right. picture of Gary Lee in the opposition penalty box. <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> 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 going that goal against Manu. that's one of my childhood memories he okay, never mentions so. it. He never yeah. <laughs> it DVD going
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay thanks for coming on everybody Rob, Gary, Chris, Graham uh, thanks for listening everybody over and out
0: planning for your next trip